Pre-planning your own funeral can provide peace of mind to you and your family and also help your executor. It lessens the burden on the loved one by having a plan in place, but it also gets your preferences in writing. It also gives you time to think about how you want others to remember you, if that's important to you. My guest today, Manel Williams, is going to share the ins and outs to pre-planning. Does it make sense? On this episode of the Executor Help Podcast. This is the Executor Help Podcast. Learn how to settle an estate, pick an executor, and avoid family fights. For more information, go to davideady.com. Now here's your host, David Eady. With me today is Manel Williams. She is a pre-planning funeral director. She's also a speaker. She's also an end-of-life educator with New Haven Funeral Center. Manel, thanks for taking the time to be here on the Executor Help Podcast. I really appreciate it. How are you? Thank you for inviting me. I'm great. Thank you so much for asking. I know you've got so many hats in the end-of-life uh, industry. You know, um, first off, question is why? Uh, why did you end up in this you decide that you want to help families in probably this most difficult time. And how did you end up making this career choice? Yes, uh, that's a question I get every single time. And I always wanted to deal with end of life. My None of my family is in the funeral industry. None of my family is in end of life. But something happened in me that I've always wanted to do this. I actually first wanted to be a pathologist to do the autopsies and find out why someone had passed. But while I was in school learning all of that, I realized it's too much. I didn't want to know. So sort of like on CSI. You want to be like sort of a, on CSI. You want to do all that. Yep. That's exactly what it was. Yes. But no, I don't. Because learning that is crazy. And I would never leave my home. So I came back to funeral services. And that's where I had a co-op when I was in high school and I liked it. So I came back to funeral services and that's how I ended up here doing what I do now. It, it, it's interesting, you know, because we're talking about death and end of life. And for so many people shy away from it. It makes them uncomfortable. Thinks that, you know, end of life is what I want to get into. What what was the turning point? What triggered it for you? It's never something you just fall into, right? This is a calling. This is something I don't know what it was that led me to it. but I like the idea in, in the beginning, it was, I like the idea that I can do something for that person that they can't do for themselves. Right. So when you start, like when I started, you had to have a full license. So I'm a full licensed funeral director. I do the embalming. I can take out services, do all of that. So the fact that I could make you look beautiful for your final send off, that for me was a service that I could do. And then after the years in the industry, I started to see new gaps and ways that I could support ways that I could help. And so I started gravitating to those, which led me to where I am now. Well, you know what? A lot of people would say, "What's the, what? why should I consider doing this? Why should I pre-plan my final arrangements? Yeah, absolutely. I think many people want to put this off. They want to prolong it as far as possible because they think if I plan it, it's going to equate to me passing. But it doesn't, you know? So it's really important to think of it as part of your full estate plan the same way that you plan your will the same way you do your insurance get your funeral done have all of that completed then just put it all aside and then you can live your life and your family will have it already completed so i like to take it away if i can from what you're actually doing it and put it as part of your estate plan as part of your legacy plan right but a lot of people say you know what yeah i'm, I'm not even going to think about this I'm going to be gone. What am I going to pre-plan for? I'm going to be dead. What What do I care? It's not my problem. 
So I've been doing these, I've been speaking and teaching about funeral planning for a while. And I used to go years before, right, when it wasn't as prominent of a topic, I would go to do a presentation. And without fail, somebody in the presentation would say, ah, I'm not here, it doesn't matter. And my blood boils because all I'm thinking is you're not here, but your family is the one who's trying to figure out what to do. And they're racking their brain, trying to decide what would they want? How would they want it done? And they're trying to honor you to the best of your wishes. So by making a plan and like a plan can be anything. It's really what's important is you tell them what you want. Share your wishes so that they know. And then from there, they can act. That's why you do it. Whether you're here or not, it's about your family. It's about those who are going to be looking after and paying for it if you don't do it ahead of time. Right. Do you find that some probably a lot of the objections that come up, they say, well, this or what you're talking about is more for older people. And, you know, I'm a millennial or a a boom. uh, Well, I'm a millennial. What, What I need to be concerned about that for. Yeah, yeah. I started, I did my funeral plan when I was 21. Now I'm a funeral director, so it's more likely that I would do it so young, right? But I will say, first of all, we don't know when we're going to pass. Secondly, everything is cheaper to do now than paying for it in the future. Look at housing prices. Funeral costs go up just like that. And it's one thing that we know is guaranteed death and taxes, right? So it's funny you should say that because I, I continuously say, spoiler alert, we're all going to die. So you know right? what? You, you you just brought it up again. So I think we kind of um, you know told people something that they didn't know, but you know we just spoiled it for them. We spoiled their ending. We told them what's what's coming up. So uh, continue. Sorry, it just no, it was amazing okay. that that came up. Okay, go on. That's a thing, right? I think, but we are in the industry, so we see it all the time. It's a reality for us. For other people, the idea of a young person passing, or the idea of thinking about it while you're young is foreign. But I will say that it's becoming more common for me to make arrangements and to speak to younger people because we're understanding this is part of our investment plan, right? This is going to be part of the inheritance that we leave for the next generation. By looking after this now, paying it down now, locking in that price, we're making things easier. So millennials, whichever age, I have prearranged somebody as young as eight years old. That was new for me, but since doing that one, I have now done others as well, where people are thinking, just like getting insurance for your kids when they're young, get it done, and then you don't have to think about it again. I don't want to sound like an old person. I mean, I am older than you, but it, it, you know, do do the millennials that'll come in do the pre-planning? Is this part of their adulting? Do they see this as part of adulting? Is that is that what the term the young people are using today? I sound like an old man. Sorry. Well, millennials are not that young. Okay, but (laughs) the the term adulting, is this part of their part of their adulting? I wouldn't say so. I think this is part of their estate planning. And you know what it is? It's once you've gone through the process of planning a funeral and being an executor, you look at it all differently. Now you're like, okay, hold on. I'm not doing this again. We need to put plans in place for my funeral, for my estate and all of that. So they're experienced. I would say that. When you say that, that brings up the point you probably, you know, you've, you've, you've seen it hundreds of times. Can you tell me an experience of the family who didn't pre-plan and what their experience is versus a person, uh, a family that has pre-planned? I'll use somebody else for the didn't plan. And then I'll use my 
family as a planning example. So for, let's say somebody has passed, you come to the funeral home without, even before that point, if someone passes at home, at hospital, there's an urgency, you know, like we'll often get calls from families if someone is hours out from passing. Doctors have said, okay, time is coming really quickly. They'll call the funeral home panicked now saying, what do I do? I have to start making arrangements. I have to start getting things done. And what I'm telling them is pause, spend time, be there, be present and call us after the fact. We'll walk you through the process. We'll help you through what you need to do then. In that panic moment, pause. It's okay. We'll help you afterwards. Now they call after the passing. You're starting from scratch. I don't even, first, I didn't know which funeral home to call. So you had to Google that, find somebody, ask a friend something. Then you come to the funeral home. And I say this because you're going to have different people in the arrangement room. Even if there's just two kids, one child will think I'm going to honor mom this way. The other child will think I'm going to honor mom this way, but those two ways aren't the same and none of them are wrong. They're both right, but they're different. So now you have to decide who is going to get to do what they want and who's going to have to sacrifice. And how do you navigate that while grief, while anti-speaking saying, oh, you can't just do this. You have to do more while so-and-so is saying you have to have a reception. You got to do this and da, 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 da. Next thing you know, you end up paying for this expensive funeral that you didn't actually want to have. Or you do the opposite. You get so overwhelmed and say, we're not doing anything because I can't handle it now. Whereas your loved one actually would have wanted something. So I think the biggest thing here is without any direction, there is much more stress. There's oftentimes more money spent and it's just a more difficult process. Now flipping it on the other side. Now I was going to say, what you just said there is what I talk about in my book. You, mm -hmm. if you don't do anything, you've just left your, and this is just the beginning part, just the funeral is that you've now left your family disorganized and in chaos. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's just the first step. We haven't even got to, you know, what the executor's got to go through the reading of the will, et cetera, et cetera. This is just the, the moments after you've passed on and by the, you know, the two kids fighting like you said, nobody is wrong. They both have their versions of what mom would want. But the problem was, and was like even in my case in my family, my parents didn't say, didn't pass on, didn't have that conversation with us. But I should say, my mom did have a pre-planning funeral, and my dad didn't. And for years, she always talked to him about doing it. And you know how men are. We were kind of hard-headed. So that's how we ended up. Mm -hmm. But it's it's the disorganization and the chaos that you leave the family that I keep preaching about is that you need to do something because and 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 puts you in a situation where you now you have to sort of everybody handles grief differently and mm -hmm. you have to try and figure out how we're going to navigate this most difficult time for them. Yeah, it's it's I think people don't realize, you know, but you don't realize how much is on in families minds at the time of someone passing because beyond like the first call is to the funeral home then there's everyone else you have to call and everything else that you have to stop and things like that really quickly childcare, all of that starts happening and without any direction without even knowing like sometimes you don't even know who to call to look after the child or like the basic things 
there is so much stress that's put on people. And so really, like and we're, you're talking not just funeral, like beyond that, just having these conversations, even us right now normalizing this conversation helps. It shows people that it's okay to talk about these things. It's okay to start talking to your family and to start planning because it is very different at the time. I almost feel like there needs to be the first call and the grief support call, you know, like get the counselor right away and let them help you through this process because it's a lot. Yeah. You started yes. to tell oh, me wait, about I had that other, the other part. I didn't get Yeah, to the, the pre-playing part. Same thing. We're on the same wavelength. Yeah. Yes. So for uh, the pre-plan, that would be my grandmother's story. So for her, uh, that was a very different process. And I'm really thankful because she actually passed in the States and she lived in Florida during uh, the, I can't remember the name of the hurricane, but this big hurricane had been passing and we weren't able to get down to Florida because the hurricane passed, the cemetery was underwater, everything was shut down. And so we weren't able to do anything, but she had prearranged everything. So back then, this was before, you know, COVID. So there was no easy DocuSign or anything like that, that we could have done back and forth with the funeral home over there. But we were able to call and they said, she's already done everything. Don't you worry about anything. We will call you when the cemetery is open and then you can come. But we've got her. We're going to take care of it. We know exactly what she wants. You don't have to worry about anything. And let me tell you, I do this. This is what I do for life, like for work. The stress that that took off of me was huge. And I will always remember that moment thinking, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to be able to do for people moving forward because I had nothing to worry about. Just the things I wanted, I want to think about. Do I want to have a reception? Like you, it like in that case, it is so small that it's almost fun to plan. Almost, but almost because that's all you have to do. Everything else is covered. So I would say those two stories are the complete opposite. And it really just depends on someone taking the time to put some things in place. So and I think with the pre-planning. With, with with what you went through with your grandmother and you, everything was taken care of, you said everything was lifted off of you. But it, it, but what it did do is give you time to grieve because everybody mm -hmm. grieves differently, but it now gave you more time to focus and grieve and celebrate who your grandmother was. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, by, you know, she, she, that was probably one of the last greatest gifts of love that she gave to the family is that she organized everything and took all away that the, the chance of uh, being disorganized and in chaos. So when you pre-plan, do you, even if there's already life insurance in place, do you need to pre-plan? Yes, absolutely. So a few things you can choose to pre-arrange at a funeral home. In that case, you're going to write down your wishes. You can make your choice and give the funeral home the information that they need so that the process is easier at the time. You can do that without paying for it. In that case, it's just your wishes that are going to be here. It will be on file and your family will pay for it at the time of passing. Or you can prearrange and prepay. If you choose to do that, that's how you're locking in the price and guaranteeing so your family doesn't pay whatever the future cost might be. Right. So if you have insurance, remember years ago, they had that, here, get your funeral plan, your funeral insurance plan. And it was $10,000. So everybody was signing up for their $10,000 insurance plan to cover their funerals. That's not going to cover your funeral today. So if you're using insurance money, if that's your intention, because some people 
They already have their insurance. They've been paying in it for years. They're like, I don't have extra money to do a funeral. So what do I need to do? Make sure that whatever money you have in your insurance is enough to cover the future costs of the funeral because that cost is going to keep going up. So you want to make sure you have that. And then again, with the rest of your insurance, this is the estate side, make sure you have enough to cover estate costs, you know, final tax return, all those kind of things and give an inheritance to your family if that's your plan. Yeah. So I would suggest if possible, have both, have your insurance and lock in a funeral pre-plan because this one, the funeral plan also has an end date. So you just, if you pay for it, it's done. And then it's complete. You don't have to worry about it again. Okay. So I've got, I'm now working on my pre-planning, but I'm in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, I've got, you know, specific things that I want. How do I know that my wishes are going to be carried out? Yes. It is extremely important to choose an executor who will honor your wishes. If you are one who wants to have a minimalist funeral and you choose an executor that does not know how to do that, they're in their mindset is I'm going to do the biggest glow up and everything and we need a $30,000 casket and da, 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 da. They speak for you when you have passed. So it's important to choose an executor who will honor your wishes. But I will tell you the easiest way to do your funeral plan, write it all down. If you choose said casket, if you choose to have your service at said place, it is very easy for your family to say, when everyone else has an opinion, this is what they chose. It ends all arguments. So the easiest way to ensure your funeral happens the way you want is to write it down and have it clear so that all your family has to do is say, yes, this is what they wanted. Do you come across executors who it might have been nine times out of 10, it probably hasn't been pointed out to them what uh, the final wishes are. Do you find executors being a bit lost and don't know where to start? Without a plan, if they're just without realizing. Yeah, with, with or without a plan that someone says, well, I'm the executor. I know I'm the executor and I'm here to plan a funeral. And they're, we're, we're, I, I guess you're starting from square one. Are they also lost? Absolutely. Most executives have never planned a funeral before. And so it's a matter of guiding them through this process. So just like for a family, if you've left instructions for them, it makes it a lot easier. So I know that there are some platforms and things where you can even send, like for us, you can put all your wishes, you can put your songs and all of that in your funeral plan if you want to. Some people have it set up in their email or through a different platform where their executor will get an email that says, here are all the extra details I would like to have for my service. And those kind of things just make it a lot easier. Like we have a workbook and you fill out the workbook with those details. And so it's beyond the funeral plan. These are the extra details that might be helpful for the executor. Like who is my family? They have to write an obituary and they don't know who all the members of the family might be. So things like that make it a little easier for them. What happens if I pre-played the fa- my the funeral? You know, the un- I have an untimely death, um, and I haven't paid fully for the for the for the plan. What happens then? It depends on how you have it set up. If it has already been guaranteed, meaning if the price is locked in, and you haven't finished paying for it as yet, your family does not have to pay for the balance. That's why you have that guarantee in place. So regardless of when passing occurs, they don't pay anything extra. If it hasn't been set up that way, so there's no guarantee as yet, whatever money you've put in so far 
will be put towards the funeral. And then any extra money that is required will have to be paid by the family. Yeah, I'll say one other thing on that. Just know that any money that is given to a funeral home, this is Ontario-based, any Ontario funeral home funds must be used for funeral purposes. So let's say that someone prearranged a whole reception and details like that. And then as an example, we just had COVID, we weren't able to have receptions. Those funds aren't held by the funeral home. They're returned to the family. So you don't have to worry about, okay, what if something changes and we don't want, and is the funeral home going to take all of our money? No, we can only keep and use funds that we are going to actually use for the funeral. Is When you say Ontario-based, but is that a, a provincial situation or is that based on the funeral home or the, the business or does it depend on what country you're in, like U.S. and Canada, it's different? So whether the funeral home can keep additional funds is Ontario. So our board, uh, the BAO, their regulations for Ontario state that any additional funds must be returned to the family. Other provinces can have different regulations. It depends on where you are. Right. So you, that's another question you would have. You would ask the funeral director, um, you know, in terms of as you're doing the final day, the final arrangements and the pre-planning. So what happens if I move after making the arrangements? Yes. Now, we were talking about millennials before. So many younger people ask that question because they don't know where they might end up at time of passing. So I'll tell you for both. At the funeral home side, any prearranged funds can be paid out to a funeral home wherever you might be. So let's say you decide to move to, I don't know, Antigua or something like that, and you pass there. Any reason then, why Antigua? I say that because that's where I'm from. That's my family's, that's my my heritage. Okay. So I like to think and plug my little island anytime I can. It's not as big as Barbados, which is a bigger island, but I'm sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go with Antigua. Really? You just gave me eyes? Okay, go on. Continue. <laughs> yes. So if they decide to retire in Antigua, the funeral home, the funds can be paid out to the funeral home there or to your beneficiary. So you don't have to worry with regards to where you might go. Now, if you're, let's say, moving not all the way over there, but perhaps you decide to retire in Barrie or somewhere outside of the GTA, as an example, then the funeral can still be facilitated. We would just need to bring you back into our care from wherever you might be. The cemetery side is a little different because that's property that you've purchased. So now if you decide to move somewhere else, if you're somewhere with a company that has cemeteries all throughout, you, you can just transfer it to wherever you might be. And if not, you might need to sell and then repurchase or something like that. Okay. So roughly today, you know, costs are going up, you know, and, you know, inflation now become um, part of our lives again. And, mm -hmm. you know, the dollar doesn't go as far as, as it used to um, roughly today, how much does a funeral cost and what is it going to include? Yes. So let's say, depending, it always depends on where you're going. But I would say funeral costs can range anywhere from 9000 to, I would say, 9000 to 12000 And then cemetery costs, again, can range anywhere from 12000 to 30000 It depends on where you're looking at property for the cemetery. The funeral, so let's say my 9000 that might be able to cover a service meaning everything on the same day, viewing, service take place, and then maybe some programs, something like that. The $12,000 range, now you're looking at a service, oh, sorry, both included casket 
and maybe some programs, flowers, details like that. It depends on which funeral home you're going to. You can always find price lists on funeral home websites. In Ontario, they must have their price lists on the website, so you can look through there. I will tell you, funeral home price lists can be quite complicated to look at, right? There's a lot of things that by law, by regulation, we have to have identified on the price list. So if you have any questions, just call. And like, for me, I love educating about funeral planning, what's involved, how it works, what you can do. So call, speak to someone. If you're getting an education, great, continue. If you're not getting an education, maybe call back and try somebody else. But when you're going through this process of, you know, in the pre-planning, sure, we're going to go there. But if you're a family that's grieving and like you said before, you know, funeral homes aren't on most people's speed dial. So um, where, you know, how do you know that you're, you're getting, you're working with, um, I mean, all funeral homes are going to be reputable, but how do you know you're not working with a company that, uh, that's looking to take advantage of you because you're in this vulnerable situation? What should, what are some of the red flags? Yeah, I think the very first thing you want to do is if you can look for a referral, referral from someone who has used them before check Google reviews. If you don't know anybody who has used them just to get an idea of who you're speaking to. This is a very, very difficult time and you will meet different people, you know, and, and anywhere that you're going, you're going to meet different people. You also want to go somewhere where you feel as though you can speak to them, where you feel heard, you know, they're actually going to hear your concerns and follow along from there. Um, the red flags, if you feel as though you're being, now I will say within the industry, we have had, um, We've had some checks and balances put in place to protect from, I don't know if you saw some of the the CBC <laughs> releases, the videos that had happened a few years ago where right. certain funeral homes got a slap on the wrist, right? Because they were pushing and selling people into things. So that has really been curtailed within the industry. Whereas now what we should be doing is by presenting you options and allowing families to choose. If you go anywhere and you feel something different from that, please go ahead and exit. You don't have to stay anywhere where you're not feeling as though you can make the proper choices for you. But I would say the most important thing to look for is look for a place where you feel comfortable, where you feel that you can speak to the director because we're helping you through a really difficult time. You should be able to lean on us. That's why we're here. So right. look for that when you're speaking to someone. Now, you've done a lot of funerals, you know, probably some simple ones, but have you had any sort of, you know, out of the ordinary requests that you can talk about? Uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. I One in my pre-arranging side is I have a lady who I love and she has told me everything. I hope that I am still alive at the time of her passing because I know where her outfit is. I know where her picture is that she wants to be at the head of her casket. I know everything because she has it planned all the way down to the program is already done. So that is a little, she's on the other side, the well extreme of the planning. But something different I was thinking about, um, I will say on, on the extreme side, mm -hmm. is someone coming in to make funeral arrangements. Like I'm a pre, right? So a pre-arrangement with me. And they're saying, and I've had this more than once, I wanted to do this, but I don't want you to tell X. Like I want to I wanna set this all up, but I don't want you to tell my daughter and I'm going to do another one for somebody else, but I don't want you to tell X. Now, when when these things start happening, it gets it 
it's different. And I know that I think you're asking me something a little different, but I want to say it this way, because I have seen when people, and I'm sure you've seen when people start doing their estate plans right. where they want to plan it for their family, but they want to exclude one person. Right. It gets, right. It so, gets so, so it gets even at the, at the funeral level, people will want to exclude they're going to want to take their disagreements, their pettiness or whatever to them. They want that to show up at their funeral. Is that, is that, where, is that where we're at now? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. yeah. So it's different. Right? People can do different things. And, and so, I will so, say okay. that, so, so give me an example of the, the, the level of pettiness that you've seen. Well, I, okay, I'm not going to say it that way. What I'll say is they're okay. trying to, yes. <laughs> they're trying to preserve Mm -hmm. uh, maybe they're trying to preserve something, you know? So as an example, they might prearrange and say, I don't want this person to come. Can I facilitate that at the time? No, you know, like we, I can put it in the file with the executor chooses to honor that they will, but I've received that. I've had a request for that. So, so, I would so say they, that's don't, they don't want a, a certain person to be at their funeral. So mm -hmm. how how do we how do we enforce that? Is the now you're putting the executor in a sort of an odd situation? What we're going to have guards? We're going to have pictures. If you see this person anywhere near the church or the uh, funeral home, please have them removed. Where are we going with this? And do you know? I'll tell you, pre need at need. That's a situation that we deal with as we are aging, as lives are changing, our family dynamics our community dynamics are changing. And so it can happen where you need to have a, a private service, as an example, in order to ensure certain people are not present. Or perhaps we ha we've had services where we'd have security that is present to ensure that a guest list is followed. This is the reality of what funerals are now. So wow. it's not, yeah, it's not uncommon. Wow. So... That's the extreme where people, I know exactly what I want. I don't want Aunt Bessie. I don't want her and her, her and her little, her little children because they ain't got no behavior. I don't want them. I don't want them here. That's fine. That's the extreme. But what if I don't know what I, what I want? I'm not sure what I want when it comes to the planning area. Yeah. Start with a question. Start with a call, a question, an internet search. So for us, like if you go to our website, there is a pre-planning portion and we have an online quote builder. So you can actually go online and just kind of figure out that's a great place to start. Another place to start is by speaking to somebody who has gone through this process. You know, someone who has had to arrange a funeral, what is involved? Coming to, listening to our podcast, going to workshops. We host workshops all the time where you can learn about what's involved in planning ahead and kind of what you have to think about. Because many people will say, all right, I'm gonna do my, I'm gonna get my end of life, I'm gonna get my funeral looked after. I call the cemetery, I'm done, I got it all looked after. And then I come around and say, hold on, you forgot about the funeral. We're the first phone call, you gotta, you have to do this side too. But you don't know what you don't know. So right. the more you have these conversations, the better it will be so you can learn what's involved. So, but does pre-planning also include uh, cremation? It does. It does. So you can pre, a lot of people, when you think cremation, you can still have a full service. You can still have your body present. If you'd like, you can have pallbearers involved and then go for cremation afterwards the same way you would for a burial. 
So you can prearrange your cremation and consider what do you want to do with your cremated remains after you've passed. Perhaps your family wants to keep you home. Perhaps you're going to be buried. In that case, you might still have to purchase cemetery property so that you can be buried there. Have you come across a situation where, again, there was no conversations um, and one part of the family says, no, uh, I want to be, she wanted to be buried. And the other side of the family says, no, we're, I know she wanted cremation, but there's, what do you do? Has it, have you come, you know, come across a situation where there's a stalemate? Absolutely. A cremation cannot take place with uh, family, without family approval. So if you are a stalemated family where some are saying yes and some are saying no, the person must be buried. You have to get the permission of family members unless you have made a prearrangement for the cremation to take place. So it does, it's never come down to flipping a coin? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know. Actually, I don't know what happens in people's homes. It might. <laughs> I'm sure many times it's been that. <laughs> Wow. I, I don't know why that came in my head, but you know what? Since I wrote this book and, and the conversations I've had and then talking mm -hmm. to end of life people, nothing surprises me about people anymore. And it's, you know, what? you said that they went home and they flipped a coin. Who knows? But in any case, in my you know final moments I've got here with you, is there anything else you'd like to add that would help someone who's suffered a loss of a loved one and that would, you know, help make this process a lot easier on everyone. I will, I'll first, I, you made me think of one thing that you actually said before is you don't know anyone until you're splitting an inheritance with them or something to that effect where you don't realize everyone thinks, oh, I'm just going to split it between my kids. Everything's going to be fine. You don't realize what happens when someone is dealing with end of life, when they're dealing with all of that. So plan because the other side can be pretty interesting. Uh, uh, one thing I would say for anybody who is trying to think about this and think about planning, call, call me, call anyone and start this process. Just start learning, getting into spaces where you can get a little bit more comfortable with what's happening. There are free resources. There are great books out there that you can look into just to get a little bit more comfortable and then tell somebody else. Don't just learn it and make these changes and say, I've set everything up for my family. Tell someone else so they can do the same. Well, you you gave that little sort of lead in. How could people get in contact with you if they wanted to find you? Because yeah, I've got to say, dealing in this this space, you are probably the most passionate person that who who really loves what they do. And that's going to probably come across helping the clients or the family whether they're pre-planning or they're going through the actual, uh, you know, passing of someone and all hell seems to be regular loose. You were probably the most passionate person. I know we're, we're doing this audio, but, you know, I can see you. Um, we're doing this on Zoom and you are truly passionate and, and excited about what you do. So you really got to must be an unbelievable pre-planner and funeral director. Having said that, how can people get in touch with you if, um, you know, they're in the area if they're on Ontario or they just want to ask questions to learn more. Absolutely. And thank you. Thank you very much. I am, I am so passionate about this. This is my, I feel like this is my life calling. This is what I should do. So thank you. Uh, you can find me, uh, go to New Haven's website. So www.newhavenfuneralcenter.com. You can find me on LinkedIn, Manel Williams. It's Manel, M-I-N-N-E-L-L-E. 
Williams, W-I-L-L-I-A-M-S. So you can find me on any socials by that, that by my first and last name as well. Well, Manel Williams, you are really are a, a passionate pre-planning funeral director. You're a speaker. You're an end-of-life educator with the New Haven uh, Funeral Center. I thank you so much for being here. Uh, hopefully, I'll maybe probably have you on again because uh, there's probably so much more we probably didn't cover in this short time. But I appreciate uh, your time and pr- appreciate what you do to help people get to probably one of the most difficult times in their life. So I, I thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I greatly appreciate being here and for this candid conversation. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others. Post about it on social media or by leaving a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. To catch up with all the latest from me, go to davideady.com. There you can follow me on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Thanks again, and I'll talk to you next time.